This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It, it's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. First in the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asiasen and Mike Valenti. Oh, people, we got a big show today. Let's do the radio. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. It's great to see you this week, man. And week 13 is going to be huge. We've got some huge games that have obviously big playoff implications and you know, just basically a meltdown by the Patriots and Mac Jones against the Buffalo Bills, which is hard to explain. I thought that they were going to play well on Thursday night. I thought they were going to be the more desperate team. And instead, they're a 500 team, and the Bills finally looked like the Bills again. Yeah, well, it's funny. I wanted to yeah, – hell, it's a great segue. Why don't we just do the rundown? He's, he's ahead of This is the NFL Rundown. This guy's ahead of it. He's ready to roll. All right, start out with Josh Allen. Is he coming out of it a little bit here with the injury, you think? Yeah, I think so. You know, he throws the touchdown pass to Gabe Davis in the back of the end zone, and when he throws it as he's falling out of bounds, I'm like, no! Yes! Because these are the mistakes that he had made in right. previous games. But this one, fortunately enough for the Bills, uh, was complete. It was a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, it's just like the Bills were the better team. He was the best player on the field. You know, he's owned the Patriots, much like maybe not to the degree uh, that uh, Tom Brady used to own the Bills or the way that Aaron jo- uh, Rodgers owns uh, the Chicago Bears, but it's getting there, and you could just see it. And they they finally looked like the team that we've all expected to be yeah. a Super Bowl representative. Well, and I kind of wonder if maybe, maybe, maybe that last 26 seconds in Detroit was kind of the spark. He uncorked that beautiful throw to Diggs over the middle. They they win the game. They get the jolt. They go out. They play great on Thursday night, but it does. It brings you to the other side. What the hell are we doing with Mac Jones here? Yeah, I don't know. You I know, don't know what was, to make of it. The one thing I will say in in defense of him, at least he was on the sideline screaming about the offense wanting to throw the ball more down the field. The short passing game here, the short passing game there. Their one touchdown pass was a pass that was completed behind the line of scrimmage to Jones. Uh, I mean, I understand that he wants to throw the ball down the field. He needs to throw the ball down the field. But one thing that Tom Brady did better than anybody was he would lull you to death with all those short passes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, get into the red zone, it was going down the field, and it was going to be a touchdown at either Gronk or Edelman or Randy Moss or somebody like that. And that just has been missing from the Patriot offense. And unfortunately, it's tied to both the offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, and, of course, the quarterback, Mac Jones. Um, I want to serve up a poo-poo platter. I don't know how you feel about Chinese food, but here we go. Uh, It is a Russell Wilson poo-poo platter deluxe. I got three issues. Let's run through. This is Mike Purcell is my new favorite human being. Everybody saw it. Absolutely blowtorched Russell Wilson. But here's my question as, as a former player. 
what the hell is even said in that moment? And then what did you make of Russell Wilson not even reacting? Well, I think for Mike Purcell, you know, he's frustrated. They all are frustrated. Their defense is one of the better defenses in football. If they had a half-ass offense that actually could put up some points and keep uh, maybe keep the ball away from the other team and stop going three and out or four and out or whatever it may be uh, and have some life injected into the offense, uh, then you would not see what Mike Purcell did on the sideline. And you could say whatever you want about this was like some sort of uh, motivational tactic or anything else. What I saw is I saw a defensive lineman that was just completely pissed off. Yeah, he wanted to kill him. Yes, and and he was trying to get his new $250 million quarterback engaged in the game and look like you care when you're on the field. And then, of course, Russell, after the game in his press conference, has all the political answers as to, you know, we're on the same page. We all want to win. Nobody wants to win more than me. I'm like, wait. Another one, don't single yourself out. You all want to win. It's a tough <sighs> It's a tough go right now in Denver. And he, unfortunately, I feel like in some ways is like Zach Wilson at the Jets, kind of lost the locker room. We're going to get to that. You, you've been on either end of that deal? No. Ne- never, not to my knowledge. I've never been yelled at uh, by a teammate on the sideline, and I've never – well, I did yell at one teammate on one time. And that's because I overheard him tell the coach that they had to bench me right my rookie year. Oh, dear. I, we were walking off the field together, and it happened to be my roommate, uh, Dave Remington, who was a year into his pro career, and I was the rookie quarterback, and I kept screwing up all the pass protections against the Saints. And he basically said to Sam Weiss, you got to get him off the field. He's killing us. And I heard it. And then as we walked to the sideline to the bench, I said, Dave, I just heard you tell a coach to bench me. What the F's wrong with you? And he's like, well – you suck, and I'm telling you the truth, that you'll be good someday. You're just not good right now. I think that's a lot more constructive than what we saw Mike Purcell, or whatever Mike Purcell told Russell Wilson. I, I thought he was going to eat Russell Wilson. That was unbelievable. <laughs> was. All right, so then there's the, the, yeah. these other two things. One is a shout-out to the worst sports movie I've ever seen, which is Draft Day. Who went to his birthday party? Did you catch this story? No. Russell Wilson's wife throws him a birthday party. Oh, yeah, party. I saw that. Yes, yes. Like, half the team shows up, which I don't think is a terrible turnout, considering he's god-awful and unrelatable. But do you make anything of that deal? Because that became something. I, I think he's got a lot of stupid teammates. I mean, if Sierra's throwing a party, I'm going. Okay. I don't care if it's for his birthday or it's for her birthday or she's just throwing a party, I'm going. Because I can't imagine some of the other people that are going to be there. Okay. And the last one, you tell me by yourself, the reports out that he's calling out Seattle audibles and using code language. And his teammates are like, Russell, we don't know what Mastacholi means. <laughs> I'm like, what? is that even possible? You know what? I think that the disgruntled ex player, okay. that that's what that sounds like to me. And could they be using some of the same word or verbiage that he was used to using in Seattle I could see that, and that's why some of the Seattle players said in week one that they recognized some of the stuff that he used to do in practice. Got it. So that could be the case here, but I'm, I'm not going to kill him for all of that. I will kill him, though, for his lack of energy, lack of direction, lack of leadership, uh, and they do have a major, major mess on their hands in Denver. Uh, speaking of messes and maybe disgruntled ex-teammates, Patrick Peterson decided he was going to go on a podcast and he dropped a bomb on Kyler Murray, basically saying Kyler Murray doesn't care about anyone but Kyler Murray. Yikes. Yikes is right. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, Kyler Murray has to respond, and, and he didn't kind. But, you know, I've been telling you, at least 
for the time that we've worked together that I'm not a Kyler Murray guy, you know, no. especially after that playoff game against the Rams, the way he looked, the way he acted. And then after that game, the childish nature of scrubbing all the Cardinal stuff from his social media accounts mm. and all this other mm. stuff, the passive aggressive narcissism that we saw. I'm like, that is not my leader. I'm sorry. That cannot be my quarterback. He cannot have that type of mentality. That's a wide receiver mentality. That is not a quarterback mentality. Have you ever seen a quarterback go out and say, well, on this play, we were effed schematically. I mean, throwing Kingsbury under a bus. Well, I think Mac Jones kind of did that Thursday night, too. He kind of threw Matt Patricia under the bus. So, yeah, frustration, losing, all of that kind of thrown into the mix creates a lot of pressure and tension and stress between individuals. And, you know, you got to wonder about Kingsbury's future out there. But I got to wonder about the decision-making by Steve Keim, their general manager. You gave Kingsbury a contract extension, and you decided to give Russell Wilson a contract extension when you could have done to Russell Wilson what the Baltimore Kyler. Ravens – I mean, uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray. Gotcha. You could have done to Kyler Murray what the Baltimore Ravens are right now doing with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, you couldn't come to an agreement. Let him play. Good organization, bad organization. And let's see how far Lamar takes us. Now, if Lamar is the MVP of the league and he takes us all the way to the Super Bowl, he'll be like Joe Flacco and he'll get paid. If they fall short and he doesn't play well, then I think they got their answer. Um, I saved this because it's the holiday season. I I didn't want to have bad vibes here. Do you like our studio here? I do. I really, this is, it's festive. The only thing missing, we need some eggnog and a little Dean Martin. Um, Mike White is the same. This is my favorite one of the week because I'm, I am very anti-Zach Wilson. Mike White was unbelievable. I know it was the Bears D, Mm -hmm. but take me through this now. I mean... The Wilson drama, the alleged, I don't want to say a revolt, but he lost people. And C.J. Uzama had to play Peacemaker, the emotional speech. Take me through where we're at here. You know, C.J. Uzama came from where? Cincinnati. Yeah. Who's the quarterback there? Uh, that'd be Joe Burrow. And who's beloved there? Uh, that'd be Joe Burrow. That's exactly right, because Joe Burrow knows how to manipulate a team, manage a team, and lead a team. And when the game was bad earlier in the year, when they lost to the Steelers in week one after the appendectomy and he threw four interceptions, did he talk about the appendectomy? No. He said, I got to play better. I can't play this poorly. You know why? Because he's secure in his own life, and he's secure as who he is as a player. That's not who Zach Wilson is. Zach Wilson is completely immature. Zach Wilson came from Utah. It wasn't a great fit here, and I will give people out there, they should know that you deserve a lot of credit because from week one of this show (laughs) when we started, you were saying it's just a matter of time before he gets benched, and I believed in him. I really did. And I still kind of believe in him. I just don't think he's in the right spot. And I know that the Jets are doing the right thing. Rob Sala is doing the right thing. And then Mike White answered the call. So I went back and looked at the tape of the New England game with Zach Wilson where he was missing everybody. Yeah. And then I went and looked at the tape where they were playing the Bears last week. They were running the same plays, the same exact plays. It's just that Mike White was actually hitting the wide open guys as opposed to overthrowing them or throwing the ball at the feet. Of, of the, yeah. the said receiver. So when he hits um, Garrett Wilson across the middle for a touchdown, that was the same route that Tyler Conklin ran the week before that Zach Aramild. So Mike White is more calm. He's beloved in the locker room. And, and because of performances like the one against the Bengals last year and now this one against the Bears, Mike, I think that they believe that they have their savior. Okay, so if that's the case, take me through this. Let's say the Jets end up with 10 wins. And Mike White is a part of it. He's he's not lighting it up every week, but he's a part of it. 
What happens this offseason? Well, I think it all depends on how Mike White ultimately plays. Now, this is a huge game for them on the road at Minnesota. Uh, I can't wait. Right. He plays well against one of the worst pass defenses in football. If they go out and win and they start getting on this trajectory and momentum and then they go into Buffalo and they win, you know, it all depends on how they win, what he does, and whether or not he can stay healthy and whether or not he's a turnover machine. When he lost last year to Buffalo, he had four interceptions in that game. But this year's team is much better than last year's team. So he's got the golden ticket right now, and that golden ticket can lead to a $20 million a year contract if he takes them to the playoffs. All right, let's go Odell Free Agency Fiesta. The barnstorming tour is on. Now, here's here's how I'm going to ask it. Tell me where you think the best fit is and then where he ends up. I think the best fit is Dallas. Uh, and I think, you know, wearing that star in the helmet and the way that the Dallas players and, and ownership are outwardly recruiting him to come there. Uh, but the question is, I don't know whether or not he's going to be ready. Yeah. And we haven't seen any route running. He's not ru- running routes for anybody. And I know he's looking for a contract that includes at least next year. He wants guaranteed money for at least next year. Absolutely not. So, but to me, it's Dallas. If he want, if he can come back and play this year, maybe he can play the last two games of the regular season, if that's even possible. And then they'll go on a deep playoff run. They're a good enough team to go on a deep playoff run, especially if they add a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. I can't imagine him re-signing with the Giants. And the only other team that I think could come out of this maybe with him could be Buffalo. But I can't imagine him wanting to play in Buffalo through no. the playoffs. I just it's It just doesn't seem to fit for me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, all right, Deshaun Watson, let's just do this. Returns to the field in Houston. Protests are expected. Accusers expected in attendance. Haven't seen the guy in two years. I have no idea what to expect. Take me through your expectations for Sunday. He hasn't played in two and a half years. He's paid a $5 million fine. Paid off uh, about 22 of his 24 accusers. Still has two civil suits out there. This is a disgusting story. It's it's brutal. Um, the Browns are idiots. Uh, you know, if they would have made the trade for <laughs> how him, do you, how do you really feel? Well, don't, don't, don't hold if, back. If, if they would have made the trade for him and just kept the contract that he had initially with yeah. Houston, I could buy that. But the fact that you know he, they were told that he would not accept the trade to them, and then he called them back and said, "Wait a minute, we'll rip up your contract and give you an NBA type contract for a player that Full guarantee has gone through this whole behavioral situation." I, I think it's. I think it's. You know what's it's, what's interesting. I look back and I remember this was uh, right around March Madness, and you know we're go- we're all in the business doing the Deshaun stuff. I think back now, now that we know the full scope, and you go, how did this guy have any leverage to say what you just said? Well, I won't take the trade to Cleveland. Think think about what we're talking about. We pulled the James Harden. It's yeah. Think about it. Yeah. <clears throat> and the other thing I would say here is this: that he is going to hear it. This week from the fans, oh, it's they're going to be all over him because the story down there, you know, is that he wanted out of Houston prior to all of this, and then this came. Right, 
And, you know, I can imagine if you're a Houston Texans fan and watching your team have only one win and go through what they've gone through after they paid him initially, uh, I would be pretty livid. And I couldn't wait to get to the game to let him hear about it. And and we got a lot more to do, but credit where it's due on something here because I want to button up the rundown. This man preached patience, which is not one of my strong suits. You told me, Michael, you have to wait. The Bengals are going to get this right. They are going to gel. It's going to be okay. And... I think I'm officially on board. They well, did America a favor, beat the Titans. Yes. <laughs> and look, I actually think they're going to beat the Chiefs this week. I think they're back. They look right. Jamar Chase is back. Anaromo magic in the second half. Right. It's, it's a credit. And I think Joe Mixon should be back, too. You know, I they got off to a bad start simply because of the appendectomy for Joe Burrow that we just talked about. And he didn't make any complaints about that. He barely practiced in training camp. And, you know, the Steelers got lucky that day. They shouldn't have won that game. That should be a winning column uh, for the Bengals. The, the really upsetting loss was the one that the Cleveland Browns had against them. Uh, but I do. I agree with you. This is going to be one of the games of the weekend. Uh, the Chiefs at the Bengals cannot wait for this game. And Justin Reed, the safety of the Chiefs, opened up his mouth this Uh-oh. week and gave Bolton board fodder for the Cincinnati Bengals. What did Jamar Chase call him? Cantuna or something? <laughs> what the hell did he say? And Jamar cannot wait to get on the field. I can't wait to see what Jamar does this week against that secondary of the Chiefs. And I'll save it because it is going to be the best of the best. This is a game of the weekend. I still can't get out of my mind that second half of that playoff game. First half, Chiefs did whatever they wanted. And it's almost like looking back now, you go, okay. Lou Anarumo. That, it's the second half voodoo. We got picks and people. We're in fuego. Picks, lots more to do. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenny.